Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hotels, Brian and Matt, are getting into the holiday spirit. Many are decking out extra special suites to immerse guests in holiday cheer. Correspondent Wendy Gillette toured several and has more on these lavish digs. Flip a switch to turn on the magic of Christmas inside this suite at the Hilton New York Times Square. Surrounded by walls adorned with peppermints and jars full of all-you-can-eat candy. Washed down with liquid treats from a hot cocoa bar. What's on TV is equally sweet after a spin at Christmas karaoke. Holiday love stories on the Hallmark Channel. Some of these lavish holiday suites are available, believe it or not, year-round. That's too much. I mean, if if as um, Matt said earlier, with the the cameos from George Santos, like oh yeah, if you get the money to do that stuff, you could probably do something better with it. But hey, it's a good talker. Uh, thank you, Morgan. Let's go to Mark Christopher in the Brown Pandurus and Scott Traffic Center. I bought a bunch of stocking stuffers. I had to hide them in the basement. We're ready to roll. I'm gonna, yeah, baby. I'm, a, I'm I, I it's it snuck up on me. I need to get in. We need to like I hate to say it. For your job and for Bob's and for my snow, we need a little something, something, yeah. Uh, something, something, okay, something. all right. Maybe just two to three that melts during the day. Oh, all right. I can, yeah, I can handle that. I can definitely handle that. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I'm telling you, we should go. We should talk to sales, and we should talk to the uh, the Metro Hartford Alliance and get some gift cards from some of these places and 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 do a little combo. You know, I because I bet I bet Urban Lodge and some of the other places would totally great be on idea. board. And because and once you go there, you will go there again. It's a great idea. So, Do like five different ones. Yeah. So like a Monday, you win like Urban you know, Lodge, and then there's yeah. a couple other restaurants. There's Vaughn's, and then or maybe you get a gift card to the liquor store. Two of the restaurants that I'm really excited about haven't opened yet. But even still, I think they would love to give us like twenty five or fifty bucks. Totally to do that. Why so, not? So I'll talk to David Briggs and see if I can I can swing that because I think it's just a great idea. If you really, it's time for all of us to put our money where our mouth is. But anyway, I want to get a real number nine from that spot. I'm going. My daughter, my daughter is a, a, a sugar aholic. <laughs> So, so, I mean, she is. You know what's better than root beer float? is Dr. Pepper-like float. See, I can't figure it's, out what yeah. I, I... I do like... The root beer float for me is, like, I want you to order it and give me a little bit. Like, mm. a whole one I'm not so yeah. sure about. I just love, like... You know, I don't oh, like too much chocolate. And I think that the black and white is one of the best things yeah. ever invented. Because it gives you a little touch without overwhelming you, mm. right? And I just think, that to me, like... That and the chocolate chip milkshake, because then you have all the chocolate on the oh. bottom. It's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Man, the 40s. I miss the 40s. For me, it's the 50s. <laughs> and then it's going to be the 60s. And uh, I, I have uh, been hesitant to grow up in certain elements of my life, but I need. I think about this stuff more and more. Uh, we want to welcome in Haley Allaire from Allaire Elder Law to talk about a bunch of stuff. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Um, it's good to see you and, and, and your, your posse. You got a crew. We do. We're growing. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty big. Um, you know, first, you know, before we get into some of the Medicaid stuff and and other things, you know, 
Alaire Elder Law, just sort of because we have listener turnover, and you know, if you're on every couple months, you know, it's always good to just reset. Like what it is that your firm does. Yes, Alaire does care. So we what sets us apart is that we try to make sure we take care of the big picture, not just having tools like a power of attorney or a last will or a trust but knowing how to use them and how to use them effectively. So we actually have elder care coordinators on our staff that will go to the home, go to the facility, go to the person in need and help them understand what is this that you're going through? What is the road ahead possibly going to look like? And how do we adjust along the way to keep you safe, keep you home as long as possible, and make sure you have your options and choices met? So two quick questions there. One is, I feel like I'm behind the curve at 52. I have like a living will, but it was before like my third child was born. Like when do you think people should start having these conversations? Sure. Look, it never hurts to start early, um, but early in my world could be by about 65 years old. Okay. Um, So it's not a big deal. And obviously documents could be quite old. Um, Living wills, we frequently see them a decade old or more. So not to worry. Um, it's good to start around 65 because that's generally when your life starts to get a little bit More less com- hectic. complicated, too. <laughs> yes. um, so you start to dig in because that's when you want to make sure you have documents in place so that if something unexpected happens, hopefully not for decades, you're ready. Right. And, you know, when it comes to staying in the home post-pandemic, I'm curious – are more people trying to stay in the home? Like my parents are in their 80s and there's not even a debate. Like mm-hmm. they're going to, they'll retrofit the house to hurt its value just to make sure they can stay there as long as they can. And I'm curious if you've seen, is that a pattern or has it always been that way? It's always been that way. Okay. The home is the castle and people want to be there. And it's a good thing health wise. Um, it is the setting that you're familiar with if you can safely age in place as retrofitting can help with. Yeah. We're talking with Haley Allaire from Allaire Elder Law here on Brian & Company and WTIC News Talk 1080. All right, so Medicaid. When people get to be Medicaid eligible, what should they do and how do you help? Sure. So I like to tell people that I can't control whether you physically meet the test. That's the thing to look for. I can control whether you financially meet the test. So please do not spend down until you're ready and then come talk to me. What does that mean? Layperson, I have no idea. Everyone thinks you have to be impoverished in order to go on Medicaid. And they're not wrong. But there are a few ways to become impoverished without actually spending the money. Spend down is the word for what you're doing. So you spend to get yourself in a position to be eligible. Maybe. Spending is only one of the many options you have. There's spending, there's transferring, but there are consequences when gifting, so you have to be careful about it. Um, There's pre-planning, getting things out of your name at least five years ahead of time, which is also a little misnomer. I can sometimes shorten that clock. Um, And then there's transfers between um, excluded parties. For example, you can give anything to your spouse at any time. There's also rules that include disabled children and caregiver children. So two questions here. One is, what's the difference, like what... What kind of care or what kind of advantages is is it to be on Medicaid? Sure. So a lot of people think it means you're getting put in out of your home. And actually, it's quite the opposite. Medicaid can pay for home care extensively in Connecticut. This program is different in every state. But in Connecticut, we actually fund home care, at, again, extensively, up to roughly eight hours daily or a live-in caregiver or even an overnight shift if that's what you need instead. Huh. And, and my other question is, you know, there I, I don't know this, but I'm told there are services that, that help you do this. But what's the difference between what you you do and what those those big macro services do? Sure. 
expediency, expertise, and asset protection. Um, other services are obviously capable of getting an application done, but they're not looking at how you're using the funding, and they're not looking at protecting assets along the way necessarily. Um, so a lot of what we do is make sure that the whole family, especially including the other spouse, is going to be set up for success. And we're talking with Haley Allaire from Allaire Elder Law here on Brian and Company and WTIC News Talk 1080. You know, I feel like it's a little intimidating to, I think, hire a law firm or, you know, to go to someone for something like this. And you're worried it's going to be too expensive and all these other things. Like, how does the the fee structure and all that work? Yes. So my type of law, I don't like to discourage questions because if I don't know how you're doing quite literally when I ask how you're right. doing, it's a problem. So we charge flat rates. Um, there is usually a consult fee, but that's credited towards it. It's just to make sure that fair is fair on both sides. How is business? I mean, people are living longer, right? And Connecticut has a pretty uh, healthy population. I don't know how healthy it is, but a, 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 a fair amount of people in that age bracket. I mean, is it is it busier? I'm comparing. I haven't talked to you in a while. So is it back to pre-pandemic? Is it more? Is it where it's is it? It's definitely more. And part of that Why is, is that? we're getting into the generation where there's just more people. Um, but unfortunately, another part of it is that people are starting to need care sooner. Um, we are seeing really? more and more people on the lower end of 65, even some in their 60s. I would assume it would be that. the opposite because we're supposed to be healthier and all this other stuff. I, I wish that were true. And really? it's not completely false, but unfortunately, just more and more we're seeing it. Yeah. And there actually is a bit of an issue if you're under 65 and need this care. There's typically a two-year wait list to get it. Hmm. I, you know, I have this whole debate because my my parents in their eighties that we've been good at extending life, but not necessarily extending quality of life. And I think that's sort of the challenge of the next generation, maybe. But we're talking with Haley Allaire from Allaire Elder Law, and where, where can they go if they want to, you know, obviously get some consultation here? Is there a, what's your website? Absolutely. So it's AllaireElderLaw.com. Um, you can also reach us by phone eight six zero two five nine fifteen hundred. Um, and we have an email on the site as well. You can Google it, yeah. Uh, listen, I want to ask you about AI. I'm sort of semi-obsessed. I'm completely overwhelmed and intimidated, and I know that a lot of it's good, a lot of it's not good, and some of our sci-fi fears, maybe they will come to bear. But how, how is it impacting your industry? Like, I feel like we talked off mic about paralegals. I feel like AI should eliminate the paralegal like field. Sure. I, I can completely understand the perspective. Um, I don't see that in my particular field. There is a lot, like combing through financial records that possibly could be steered that way. But putting the puzzle together of how to protect assets, the timing of it, which can matter depending on if you're buying an annuity or what have you, it's a human-centric thing, especially the care component of it. You know, going to the home and seeing how a person walks and seeing if there's moldy food in the fridge, these things can't be replicated. So you, you're saying that there'll be pockets where it will help but it'll never be something that's like a dominant force in, in what you do absolutely All right. it's great to see you Me uh too. great stuff as always Haley Allaire from Allaire Elder Law joining us here on Brian and Company do we miss anything no thank you so much okay. for having me no it's always good to see you and and the crew I mean there is I mean I'm just kidding
seeing some good old friends. Um, listen, thanks, Haley. We appreciate it. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hollywood star Brian and Matt is talking about some tough times. Correspondent Deborah Rodriguez has an update for us. Actor Jamie Foxx has made his first public appearance since an undisclosed medical emergency last April. I've been through some things. You know, it's crazy. I couldn't do that six months ago. I couldn't actually walk to... He welled up with emotion as he accepted the Vanguard Award from the Critics' Choice Association celebration of cinema and television in L.A. But it didn't take long for his comedic chops to resurface. I'm not a clone. I'm not a clone. Fox thanked the team behind his new movie, The Burial. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, how y'all doing? And acknowledged friends in the audience, including Lenny Kravitz and Taraji P. Henson. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. I still want to know what happened. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I wonder if, if it'll ever come out. I wonder. I, I wonder. Some said he had a stroke. Like, I mean, there's all these different theories about what happened, but it's strange to me that it's so cryptic. I mean, yeah. you usually you find stuff out, even with Hollywood, right? Happy he's doing okay, and I, I guess he's is he still playing Mike Tyson in the in the biopic? I don't know. Out? I don't know. They were filming. He was filming yeah. something with Cameron Diaz too when he got ill. I don't know if they ever finished that movie because she came out of retirement to do that movie. I like him. I mean, I go back to any given. I mean, I know in Living Color. Was he, he wasn't in Living Color. Was he in Living Color? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Is he that old? But I loved it any given Sunday, man. I loved that movie. It's a great movie. Oh, so good. Thanks, Morgan. Let's go to Mark Christopher. He does a great in the Brown Panthers and Scott Travis. Trump impression, by the way. Does he really? If you've never heard it, it's fantastic. Really? Yeah. Well, he's a great comedian, too, yeah. by the way. He that's the thing about Jamie Foxx. He can act. Everything. He can sing. He's funny. And he, I'm I mean, honestly waiting for him to do a Broadway show. And I'm not joking. The guy could do anything. Could do yeah. Just like Mark. It's true. <laughs> I don't know about that. Mark can sing. He can dance. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. You give me a, a couple of drinks and uh, you'll get a lot out of me. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, Mark's more lounge lizard than yes. Me. Did, didn't you yes. sing at the uh, Christmas party? I last did last year. year. Yeah. yeah. I. I, uh, I. I don't know. I don't know why I was singing, but um, I'm going to try to kind of restrain myself this year. I'm going to try to bring it down a couple of notches <laughs> this year. Uh, let's bring in Chris Keating from the Hartford Current to talk a little bit more about this, though. Uh, Chris, good morning. How are you? Hey, how's it going? How's things? <laughs> things are good. Things are good. Uh, I appreciate that. I like the energy here uh, on this Tuesday there morning. You go. So, you know, I mean, this is one of those things where it's amazing how things can change. We hear these stories now that uh, the used market for Tesla's at its lowest ever. The new ones are on the lot. The car companies are pulling back investment. Uh, we're not mandating it here, at least as of yet, in Connecticut for 2035 to ban the sale of new gas-powered vehicles. I mean, it seems like, I mean, this could be just a bump in the road and in, in the progression, but it seems like there's a... The electric vehicle story is not some steamroller that's going to take over the world. And so with this 2035 mandate off the table for now, like where are we in Connecticut? Where, where are we on this story? Well, I think I think it's still going in that direction. I think there's certain forces that cannot stop it, but it depends like how fast it will be speeded up. In other words, one thing for your 
listeners to remember. I mean, everybody's talking electric cars, and this guy's got one, that guy's got one, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, in, in, in round numbers, there's like 3 million cars and trucks in Connecticut, and only 36,000 are electric. So that's 1%. So it's, Is that 1%? Yeah, it's a tiny, 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 tiny percentage. Interesting. So it's still a small market here, and I don't know what the national average is, but it can't be more. I mean, I, I can't imagine it is. Cause, but I almost feel like, Chris, I'm just curious, and I, I think about market forces, right? And I think about, so this slowdown with stuff hanging on a lot more, the used cars are a little more prevalent. Maybe the natural that, that'll naturally bring down the price, which will make it more accessible to more people, because that's part of the problem here. Yeah, and they uh, right, and the whole thing with the charging stations and all that. I mean, it's still new. So unless unless you're totally into it, and believe me, there are a bun a whole bunch of people who are totally into it. But the average person out there, um, you know, until these things are more readily available, uh, it it won't expand. It's kind of like uh, cell phones in the real old days. Not everybody had one, and now it's totally saturated. Everybody's got one. Um, you know, probably eventually will it be like that with electric cars? Yeah, but we're not there yet. You know, before I get into the next legislative session, we're talking with Chris Keating from the Hartford Current. Just if you want to read his piece on it, you go to current.com and it says Connecticut has an electric car problem. Here's what's driving delays, debate and new economic inequality, which, of course, a lot of these vehicles are people can't afford them. And that's that's one of the key things here. You know, I, I was talking like I, I prefaced it in a, Talking to my daughter about it, and 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 I've had a lot of people say, you know, hybrids maybe are more compelling than than electric vehicles. Do we know? Like, do you is it? Can you assume that electric vehicles, if broad adoption happened, would be better? Uh, you know, the, the advocates will tell you yes. Uh, it's a whole different animal of what we're not used to. Basically, I mean. To my knowledge, you know, you wouldn't really have oil changes. It's a, it's a game changer. It's a different animal. Um, it's a different animal. And then, uh, you know, how common will it be that you're juicing the thing up at your house, in your garage, if you have one? Uh, how common will that be? And so, therefore, you don't have to get online at Town Hall or wherever the heck you're getting it. So how common will that be, a, a home charger? I think in the more affluent areas, the answer is a big yes. Yeah. Uh, we're talking with Chris Keating from the Hartford Current. So what's going to happen? So the, the governor's plan to sort of follow the New York, I mean, the California mandate, it didn't happen in this committee. And I think that even if you're a pro EV, it, it makes some sense in, in, in that 14 people deciding the future of this issue may not be the right approach. So now it goes into the legislative session. What are they going to come up with in terms of a bill? I, I think they're going to study this thing like crazy. I mean, the Transportation Committee will look at it from one angle. The Environment Committee will look at it from another angle. Uh, just, just having done this a long time since Lowell Weicker, uh, I, I would bet you that everybody will want to get their hands on it, and uh, they will put together a rather gigantic bill, multi, multi, multi pages, and, and they won't do it until near the end of the legislative session. Everybody's going to want input. Everyone's going to say, "Wait, wait a minute! I didn't, I didn't get to go to the public hearing. Hold on, hold on! You're missing this angle of it, that angle of it." Um, and also, just as you know, it's a very short session this year. It's over right. in May, right. so it's a short session. Um, other issues will come up. They will distract people. The state budget will be unveiled, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So people are going to get distracted by stuff. Uh, but on this, 
you know, obviously, do I think they're going to do something? Yes. Well, Vince, uh, but, but are my, they going to do it overnight? Well, no. I'm curious if, like, say, for instance, you know, would, would Lamont push Democrats? And I, it seems like Democrats have their own minds and they're a little bit independent. Like, Lamont can't just snap his fingers and get what he wants. But, you know, might they try to pass the exact same thing except just, you know, have the Democrats force it through? Yeah, it's possible, or like an offshoot, an offshoot of it. Um, you know, there's there there are two standards: the so-called California standard, and then there's uh, you know the federal standard that 32 states are doing. So it's not like you know the the the, the California standard is the more stringent standard, more difficult, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But there's 32 states in the other batch. So um, uh, that's what I mean when I say like you know this is basically going to happen. We're going in that direction. It's just a matter of how quickly. And now, is it, I thought the infrastructure side of it, I don't know about the grid, but from a charging standpoint, I thought a lot of that was going to get taken care of with the infrastructure bill. Is that not true? Uh, a big, big chunk, yes, a big chunk. But will that be enough? In other words, you know, and as we have more of these things, I'm, I'm sure uh, you've seen them, you know, somebody plugging in at town hall and things in there for three or four hours and they're hogging up the thing right. um, or, 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 or it's at the state Capitol or something. They have these things. It's called a level three charger, which are much, uh, much faster, but they're way more expensive. That's mm. what they need. The level three charges. In other words, you charge up in 15, 20 minutes. Anything in the piece that we didn't touch on that you want people to know about? No, it's, uh, there's a lot of interest in this. I can tell you that. Uh, again, there's, there's some people who are totally into it. Uh, the real advocates will tell you that, uh, you know, some of the cars aren't that expensive. I mean, obviously, you know, can you get a Tesla for like 75 grand? Yeah, I guess so. Um, but some of these others, you know, Chevy Volt and this and that, you can get them for a lot less. Um, so uh, right now, I don't want to say it's, uh, you know, it's an anomaly, but um, the the people who are into it, you know, they already have one. Uh, but the average person out there, no, the average person out there is, is really not involved in this. Yeah, yeah, one percent. It's kind of a stunning number. I thought it'd be higher. You drive over West Hartford, it seems like thirty percent. But um, you know, obviously, it, there's a lot of other pockets in the state. Yeah, I think I think it, I think it might be a number I heard. It might be ten percent of the new cars set uh, sell, uh. but out of the whole uh, bowl. Of the cars out there? No, no. Hey, Chris, great stuff. We appreciate it. All right, thank you. Take care. All right, Chris Keating from the Hartford Current. Again, you can go to current.com and read. It's got a lot of good stats in there as well. And I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what kind of legislation they come up with. And the 32 states that follow the federal standards, I think it's a lot different than the California. So maybe there's sort of a compromise or a meet in the middle that doesn't commit so much to it. Uh, listen, have a great day. Weather-wise, it might be the best of the week. So get outside and enjoy and be safe, of course, as always.